Hey, what's going on? It's Jerry Lou, and welcome to another episode of the Loudest Looper Podcast. How the hell are ya? I'm glad you're listening, and if you're listening to the show, whether you like it or not, give it a thumbs up, give it a like, give it five stars, subscribe, rate, review, all the above. You can find me, as you know, Jerry Lou Looper, at Jerry Lou Looper. I'm a caddy at Bandon Dunes, and this podcast is all about being as personable as we can be. You got questions, I got answers, hopefully I got stories, and oh, Peter Kessler's tweeting me. Anyways, we'll just get to that another time, because you folks tweeted me. I got it right here on my analog paper and a golf pencil. I got many golf pencils right here. I got my... Uh, Pencil sharpener. I got I got a bottle can opener. As Joe Pesci said, I got everything. I also got my truly mango lemonade. It's gonna be a nice morning. Mm-hmm. Okay. And before we get to our dirty business, I just want to say, as always, from our sister podcast, the Bomb Squad Pod, um, we are happily brought to you by Gorse Golf. You can find them at www.gorsegolf.com on the Instagram machine at gorse golf you can spell uh, gorse g-o-r-s-e and be sure to spell golf g-o-l-f especially let's come on home stretch let's uh, make sure we get the easy word in there but if you put it they uh, they make head covers my boy crazy his beautiful wife christine they make a lovely hand-stitched head covers i was actually just catting for a fella a couple of days ago and he had some original seamus head covers and they're pretty broken in but uh they you know they had the canvas outer and the felt inner and i was kind of looking at going like these original Seamus head covers are identical to Gorse Golf head covers. They really, really are. So anyways, cruise on over to gorsegolf.com. Their most expensive head covers are half the price of the cheapest Seamus head covers, the cheapest Lords, Links, and Legends or whatever that company is. I don't know, but you get an additional 10% off, put Bomb Squad Pod in the what was it? The coupon code area. Bomb Squad Pod. Additional 10% off. Let's crazy and the family know that you heard it from here, whether it's the Loudest Looper podcast or the Bomb Squad podcast. Be sure to follow uh, the Bomb Squad Pod on the Twitter machine at Bomb Squad Golf Co. Uh, so we're going to be, uh, well, I, it doesn't really matter when I'm recording this or telling you because we're just going to do Twitter questions and it's kind of useless to talk about current events because this show, as you're hearing this, it has just dropped. So we got some Twitter questions. Uh, as you can, as you have already heard, I'm a little, um, little mess, a little bit of a mess here. But we'll just get started right away. Uh, first question comes from Matt Evans. I actually just caddy for this cat. Shout out, Matt. I don't know if he listens to the show yet, but uh, he's a hell of a guy. It took. I was on a string of caddying for a lot of really great dudes, and all of a sudden I got Matt, and it took me like. 26 27 holes to unlock like the like like matt's a funny he's a dry guy but he's like real funny he's not dry it's just he's like a submarine you gotta watch out just torpedo you with uh with his humor and uh i mean we were quoting the simpsons on the golf course for christ's sakes that's awesome i never when you can quote things major league was quote a lot too and when you can quote things that are not golf related not the obvious that is where the fun lies i mean and i remember it started we were on number six at Sheep Ranch. <laughs> One of his friends in the group just pulled of all the characters the best, Ralph Wiggum, and he said, uh, bushes are nice if, uh, because they don't have prickers. Unless they do. This one does. Ouch. <laughs> Anyways, and then I just turned around and went, 
did somebody just quote the Simpsons during golf? I've been playing golf 30 years. Nobody ever quote the Simpsons. And I got some good uh, Simpsons golf quotes. But anyways, Matt, you can find him on Twitter at IPlaw underscore Evans underscore. I said it right. I-P-L-A-W. I'm sure that uh, that stands for something. Iowa playing low. Always, always Willie. Big Willie. There's no B in there. So, well, this is tough. Anyways, Mr. Evans asks... Um, and, and trust me, I'm keeping Jerry Lou and the Moist Boys. That's that's my thing. Matt Evans asks, what course at Bandon Dunes varies the most? I wrote this in shorthand. I'm, I remember his question was varies the most from playing in the, uh, like, uh, I think it was, he, he was, I'll, I'll cover both. He was asking what courses benefit uh, playing with or without wind or playing certain time of day. Now, it turns out we, um, a caddy, uh, another fellow caddy friend of mine, uh, Kevin Jerkowski, who's on uh, Twitter, his uh, handles caddies are people two, the number two, a uh, real sharp guy. Like if you want to, if you want to know a lot, that guy knows more than a lot. And it's, and it's all val- very, very valuable knowledge. He, uh, I, I saw him and Matt going, uh, talking on Twitter about it. Um, and ironically enough, Kevin and I wound up working for, I mean, I was requested by Matt and uh, he brought three friends and Kevin wound up working in the group too. And we had a really good four days. Um, but, uh, Kevin kind of answered the question quickly, and and then that's what I'm going to expand on a little bit, just because it's uh, it, it is kind of a, it feels like an open and shut question in that or, or answer in that every course in the morning is going to play a little less windy, and then course in the afternoon are always going to play windy. I tell golfers that 10 a.m. is when they turn the fans on, and by noon the white caps are up. So, but truth be told, I mean, hmm, Bannon Trails is more wooded. So it's, you're obviously going to see less wind back there. Sheep Ranch is the most exposed. You're going to see uh, the most wind out there and everything in between. What course, now, if I could put my spin on it, let's just say what course plays the easiest without wind. Um, well, I've only played a full 18 at Sheep Ranch once from the tips with very little wind, and I shot 79, which was pretty cool for me, I guess. But uh, ultimately, I've always kind of bragged about or not brag may not may not be the right word, but um, the original eighteen abandoned dunes I was felt when there's no wind, that thing can be like just like shooting fish in a barrel. Whereas if you go to Old Mac, no wind, it's still a hard course with giant greens. You go to Pacific Dunes, still out natural, most of that grounding there, and uh, uh, and then yeah. So I mean that's I'd say Matt, that'd be my answer would be um, or or to kind of mutate and pupate. That's for you, Rob. Uh, your answer or your question into a hopefully a multi-layered, uh, not too uh, stumbling, rumbling thing. It's early guys. It's like, God, come on. it's nine o'clock in the morning. Give me a break. Mm. Okay. So thank you, Matt, for your question. Now uh, I think uh, uh, we can kind of tie into this question here. We just answered one of his questions on the last episode and or one of our last episodes, and we're going to do it again. I'll be working for him in about a month or two. Uh, Oh God, well, I don't know if you're coming in October, November. I have it written down my calendar there. But the tying into the whole wind thing, because we can call wind weather, because the weather outside is weather. Will Brennan, good buddy of mine. Oh, he can't see. Like, if anyone watching the video archives, I haven't shaved for like 10 days. Look at me. I got like 13-year-old Mexicans that are just laughing right now. If only they could watch. Um, and I'm not saying they're blind um, or poor or both. Um, Will Brennan at Will Bren four on Twitter asks, how early is too early to check weather? This is one of my favorite things about caddying now 
as opposed to back when I caddied 15, 20 years ago at Bandon Dunes is weather apps. Like, granted, the weather always is going to change. And I don't like that cliche where everyone's like, oh, oh, that's typical of this weather, fill in the blank weather. Everyone has freaking weather. And the weather is subject to change quickly and randomly, uh, regardless um, or irregardless. I've noticed that the forecast, eh, at least I use the Weather Channel app. It's free. It's not the best. But I'm, I'm a big believer in if you use the same machine or app or collect the same type of data from the same source over and over, you can interpret it to your own whims, uh, so to speak. I mean, it's very much, uh, oh, I don't know. Like, like I, 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 his question is, how early is too early to check the weather? I'd say they, they seem to always give us pretty decent forecasts on these things 10 days out, but yeah, I think you're pretty, if you're checking outside of a week, it's kind of moot. Uh, Cause I remember on Friday of last week, I was planning on playing golf on Monday of the next week. And I saw there was supposed to be rain on that Monday. I'm like, Oh, that's no good. But then as each 12 hours matriculated on through as time does slowly or however it goes, I, uh, I noticed like it went from rain to complete sunshine. So how early is too early to check the weather? I would say more than a week or more than a week out is too early. So thank you, Will. Uh, moving also back to the, well, let's see. We got a few here. That's a pretty wordy one. I'll surprise that one. This one here comes from Jennifer. You can find her at Twitter at LadyLinksGolfer. And uh, you can also find her um, in my house because it's my wife. Our house, excuse me. Jennifer asks, and this is just kind of a random catty question. This is why we got him here. Who are better tippers? And the second uh, question is course related. So I'll just start with the who are better tippers. As much as you would like, as we would like to kind of paint a picture, whether it's like certain ethnicities or certain age groups or certain jobs or certain um, like uh, regions where you're from, I haven't found any legitimate straight line or thread that says like, oh, people who do this, this, this or that. Like I just got done with that job from hell from that weird guy and he paid him and his buddies, I was getting like 270 bucks around, I think. Like, because one guy was giving me like buck 50, and each one of his buddies were giving me 40 bucks. I'm just like, what's happening here? I mean, and like, I felt like I was selling my soul, but uh, uh, I did pay off rent the rest of the year. So, what are you going to do? But, um, I could, we, the reason why I'll try to answer this question quickly because we could ruminate all day and I could tell you about like, oh, my Merrill Lynch guys pay better than these guys or. Or one time I had a guy pay me this, and the next thing I know, he paid me that the next time because he realized he overtipped me or whatever, blah, blah, blah. I have noticed that people from the East Coast of the United States of America tend to be better tippers. And to anyone internationally or, or non-Yankee listening to this show, the whole East versus West Coast vibes in this country to me are totally legit and accurate, but I side, even though I'm born and raised on the West Coast, I side with the East Coast of this country because they're old fashioned. They've been around a lot longer. They tend to have more of a no nonsense, get your work done and then screw around vibe. Whereas like the West Coast, I mean, California, may I say more, every cliche and every single rumor you've heard about California is true. I've lived there twice and it's a lovely place. But um, I, I just feel like people from the East Coast, like 
like all the cliches aren't really bad and they're all pretty true. Like every single person I've met or from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, which isn't quite East coast, it's its own area. But, um, but like, I've even been there uh, before. It's like salty, the earth people. I've never met a bad person from Pittsburgh, but I'm sure a lot of you hockey fans could uh, probably disagree. And I'm fine with that because yeah, Sid, the kid, whatever. But um, I, I guess I'd just say East coast types, New Yorkers tended to pretty good. I mean, I, probably there are like I'd say your Californians tip pretty good too, but it's more so it's just like well look at where these people live. It's expensive, so they're going to have money, et cetera, and so forth. I mean, that's that's about the best I can speak to to that. Uh, Jennifer's next question is uh, which holes are the tough ones on uh, on property? And uh, well, I, I probably just shorthand wrote that, but uh, I'll give I'll give you let's see the toughest hole at Bandit Moons Golf Resort in my opinion and other people's opinions who are, who are very knowledgeable is number 12 at old McDonald. Number 12 is a par three that in no wind conditions can play anywhere from 165 to 185 to center, but it's always downwind or wind in your face. It's like a true, somebody said, God, it's kind of like a Redan style, but it looked like somebody just buried two elephants right in the middle of, of a field, like, or, or like a giant alien peanut is just rising up out of the ground and you can't aim at the flag. You can't aim at the center of the green. You have to aim at the front uh, right corner of the green. Tom Doak has been told he, he needs to blow it up. And he just, you know, he just like us walking by a first class passenger. He just looks at us and goes, <laughs> anyways. Um, I used to think 14 abandoned trails is a really tough hole. I mean, it's not an easy hole, but it, I used to think it was the toughest and it's not, it's just a, it's a pill. It's about a 295 yard par three. Um, excuse me, par four. Peter Kessler, God, leave me alone. Um, par four that plays downwind in the summertime when you're facing the wintertime. And I've just simplified it where it's like, hey, unless you're downwind or you can't really, or if you have to be downwind and hit your ball out of your shadow to have a shot at the green. If you miss the green, then everyone just rolls down to the right in the fairway. So it's kind of become just whatever. Number 16, Abandoned Dunes. Uh, Jennifer, I know you haven't seen it yet. Uh, you've seen most of the, the rest of the property. That, that hole is really getting me just because I know what I do there. I know what I like to tell my golfers to do there, but I feel like every time I get there, I take a deep breath and be like, okay, best case scenario, this is going to take four minutes of me talking and pointing and explaining to get them to understand what's going on. Whereas I'd like to say like, Hey, see that bush there? 170 to cover sand on that line. And you can have the 300 all day. Go. I mean, if people want to start hearing about the trouble, that's like, you know, pulling out the dictionary for the dictionary. That's just a bigger book um pacific dunes uh, there's three par fours on pacific dunes that are awesome they're all like under 300 yards and they all like really give people uh black eyes and that's number one number uh number yeah number one number six and number 16 and six is tough i just i just tell people you got to hit a specific yardage because that green is way up on a hill and it's about the size and shape of your desk and the desk that I'm working on right now too. It's insane. And uh, I don't know, it's, it, it, I, I guess I can go on and on. Uh, Bandon Dunes, yeah, number 16, Pacific Dunes. Number four is my favorite hole, maybe on property at Pacific Dunes, but it's a hard hole because it's a straight away 425 yard par four. Lately they've had the tees back, but you got the oak, like you got the ocean cliffs to your right. So everyone, every righty pulls their drive into these really crappy bunkers that are 200 yards out. And then you're still hitting down the cliff towards the green. I mean, um, yeah, I guess we could say 14 trails, 12 old McDonald. I'll say just, I mean, yeah, four pack, six pack. 
16, I'm really starting to embrace the Pacific. Um, gosh, that leaves, why am I forgetting a lot of courses? Sheep Ranch, what's the hard hole at Sheep Ranch? I was afraid we had a south wind the other day, a non-season wind and, um, or an off-season wind, and I was afraid of a couple of the par fours uh, playing tough into the wind, but uh, they really weren't that much of a problem. The fairways are pretty big. We had 40 yards of visibility with fog. That's way more of a concern. I'll have to get back to you on Sheep Ranch, but thank you for the question, Jennifer. What time are we at here? Oh, bully. Oh, that's funny. You're a funny kid. You're a funny kid, Casey. If only you uh, weren't, uh, it's, it's not quite deaf, but it, what's, what's illiteracy for your ears? Whatever it is, he has that. Hopefully he doesn't pass it on to me. He says he's my father. That's debatable, but um, I, I, I told him to put a sample in a Milky Way wrapper and we'll see what happens. Hmm. Now, next question here. We got, um, ooh, doo, 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 doo. let's go to Ivan Shotsky. You can find Ivan. He had a question uh, another episode ago. You can find Ivan on the Twitter machine at Oregon M-U-F-C fan, which I remember now is Manchester United Football Club, or at least it, it's like, it's like McLovin saying, yeah, like that. Yeah, like that or Muhammad. Um, <clears throat> he has a very, very good question that a lot of people ask. And uh, unless you ask me this or anyone else who I like, care to kind of chisel this type of opinion, here's uh, the answer. But what kind of golf event can be held at Bandon Dunes? We just had the amateur due to COVID things could have been a little bit better, but we've had Walker cup before Curtis cup before the USGA four ball was before, uh, was before our U S amateur uh, last year. Oh, the amateur this year, four ball last year, excuse me. Really though, the trouble, the trouble really is if we weren't under these COVID conditions or, or certain other conditions for competition to happen still, let's just, let's just say we like we had fans of things and things were normal. If you took all the lodging in this entire county, and this county has maybe 30,000 people in it, if you take the entire lodging, all of it in this county, you could probably cover the press for a regular tour event. Like we're talking like Valspar or something, or if they like decide to move like the state, you know what I'm saying. So ultimately, there's really no infrastructure in this county. It's a shame. The resort's nice, but the resort has gotten big enough that when people go there, they stay at the resort and they don't need to leave, which is perfectly fine with me. Hell, that's why the wife and I, we eat twi twice a week, we eat at the resort for dinner, at least. So what kind of golf event can be held at Bandon Dunes? The amateur was perfect. Uh, I think it actually kind of worked out extra because of COVID, because they essentially bubbled and pocketed off like, like the main lodge was just, I don't know. People stayed in certain places. Uh, everyone else, the public golf that was playing, they could stay on property. I mean, it was very, it was very interesting. I don't know what what other type of event could be held at Bandon Dunes Golf Resort. Mean some, oh god, I've heard good answers before to this. Like some caddy friends of mine have ruminated, like you know, it'd be perfect here, bam. And I'm just like, yeah, that would be perfect. Um, I don't know. I'm, I I kind of got a hard on for the U.S. Amateur in the first place, and that was a lot of fun, and. Uh, yeah, well, uh, I'll have to ruminate more on this and uh, maybe get back to you. But um, hopefully, I, I, I guess the sad answer is what kind of event golf event you call at Bandon Dunes? Not many. <laughs> really not many. We, have, we sure as hell haven't had the same event held there twice either. So that's something. I mean, we've had uh, U.S. Publinks, all sorts of stuff. Anywho. Moving on to, we got uh, two more questions here. I'll save uh, Rob, I'm gonna save yours for the end, but um, 
this one I had to take a picture of because because I just wrote down C tweet. It's that big. So this uh <laughs> this uh this person I'm pretty sure they're from Oregon or Eugene uh, because their uh, name is Fake Fan and their handle's at Go Duck Yourself. <laughs> and I'm not a University of Oregon fan, but I don't care. I mean, I grew up, I've grown up in the shadow of University of Oregon dealing with the Ducks my whole life. I claim to be a Beaver fan, but then I shed them because I never went to that school either. So what does it matter? We got a lot of questions here. First question from Fake Fan What's the furthest you have traveled to golf? Uh, for me, like, travel to golf i guess i've the wife and i fly like well we used to back before uh covid uh kind of changed things we used to uh fly and take a separate trip in december just down to like san diego fly down to play a couple golf tournaments um i have not played golf internationally i have not played golf and i've been to south america central america and canada pretty much i've been everywhere in the western hemisphere i played golf in hawaii but i mean I didn't have, honestly, golf in Hawaii, that was fine. But it's like, I like, I just like being in Hawaii, <laughs> just uh, the tropical island living and everything. But um, I don't know. We, um, we're about to, we've damn near tackled all the courses in Oregon. Like we just got off uh, the heels of, uh, in July, took two vacations. And uh, one of them was uh, Sylvie's Valley Ranch, which again, had great golf. But I mean, I just love being up at the ranch up there. And we also uh, played Tokati before that. Every Oregonian knows it's the Oregon's best course. It's Oregon's most Oregonian course because nobody from out of state travels into the state to play Tokatee. You have to be live in the state. It's two hours from anything minimum or one hour. It's just in the boonies. And uh, yeah, it's just, uh, not, I, I'm a little over the course, but I mean, that's kind of like saying like, oh, you're saying you don't like chocolate? And they're like, well, maybe. Um, but we, and then we went to Pronghorn right up to Sylvie's. So we were hitting up a lot of those uh, Central Oregon. Central Oregon's got some really great golf. It's just they're at a high elevation, which means they're uh, subject to, I don't mind the cold, but they can get snow and you can't golf in the snow, or at least Americans don't try to. Most of us don't. We don't have that Icelandic thing going on. Mm. These truly lemonades. Like I just got them because I saw that my store restocked them. There's only one store in town that sells them. I mean, this is the Pango. Delicious stuff. Anyways. What country has the biggest assholes from a looper's perspective? Um, and then with no punctuation, he runs on to another question. So I'm just, I'm trying to stop right there. What country has the biggest assholes from a looper's perspective? Well, God, other than, other than a handful of guys like from across the pond in England or Canadian, or maybe your random Australian. Like, I, I think I saw a German guy once. Uh, I, I really only mostly know the Americans. And, and you know what? When it comes to golf, this is what I used to tell uh, potential employers a lot when I was at the Golf Academy down in Carlsbad. Uh, because I'd take interviews just for fun. Just like, just like kind of show off and show them how comfortable I was and get to know everybody. And I remember I invented this thing that I told these guys, uh, these uh, employers, I said, listen, and the go like, these are all like uh, golf pros I was talking or GMs. I'm like, we have to adopt something in the golf industry called the, the movie theater mentality. That's what I call it until I can come from something more catchy. Everybody who's going golfing is like everybody who's going to a movie. When you go to a movie, you, you already know that you're going to deal with parking, but it's an expectation. You know how much the movie's going to cost. You're looking forward to it. 
you know, how long it is with the exception of playing bad golf or something going catastrophically wrong. Like, uh, like again, in the movie analogy, it's up to us ticket takers to get in the way and fuck it up. Okay. People are already there to have fun and a good time. So when it comes to golf, like as much as I want to rag on like Texans or whatever, and I've had a lot of bad personal experiences with Texans throughout the years, none of them have really been on the golf course. Like it, it, politics doesn't even come up in golf. Like I can see clear as day who the red and blue bricks are out there. And it, it's never an issue. Golf to me, despite a lot of us maybe not coming from wealthy backgrounds, myself included, I appreciate the white collar bond that is once you're on that first tee, no matter who you are, no matter where you're from, no matter what you do, you are sharing this with whoever is there with you. And you can't really say that for too many sports things because most, uh, most sports in this country are team oriented and, and, and you have to be young and healthy to do them. I mean, golf is something, as long as you can drag your ass out there onto that first, uh, first deck, you can do it. So next, uh, then here's the rest of this question. Um, oh, oh, and I guess the groups that are difficult are, I would say not assholes, but difficult are like when people come in groups of 12 or 16 and they're all from the same like city or country. Now I'm not saying like Asian cities. I'm talking like sometimes the Brazilians can be a handful. You know, you just, honestly, that's why I say like you get like 12 or 16 Texans together. They're a handful too. Jesus. Anyways, ever consider looking into caddying abroad, like at the home of golf? Uh, no, I'm sorry to give you a flat answer like that. The only place I've ever caddied except for working outside services at the bridges and they just pulled us as caddies and I was the best. And I'm, I'm not tooting my own horn. Like I was in my thirties. These other kids were in their early twenties and they peed their pants the second a member, like asked them anything. Um, but uh, no, I've only caddied at Bannon Dunes. I kind of moved back here because I want to take over the family house like I did and go and caddies are making trip twice to three times as much as we used to make back in the day. So it's, I, there's no reason for me to leave. I joke with a lot of my golfers. I'm like, I'm one rolled ankle away from working at the, uh, uh, at the uh, parts counter at Napa Auto Parts. I mean, I really don't have a background or an education. I'm just uh, dumb and tough and I carry stuff. Hey, that had a good ring to it. Hey, I don't really don't do things like that. Hmm. Hold on a second. Let me write that one down. <clears throat> dumb and tough and I carry stuff ah. make all listen to me do my clerical work so um and to finish off his tweet here any international caddies work both sides of the pond i would think summers winter oh summers england winter america would be sweet um from rock creek oregon um we do have i've noticed just now now if i may to my all to the resorts horn here I have never seen another program because Pebble is very prestigious and great, but they're like, they get a lot of old, like people, it's like the waiters at Mousseau and Franks. They finally got the gig when they were 25 and they're like 95 still doing it because that's, that's what they wanted to do, like to be the best or whatever, be the best server in the business. But, um, but like everybody comes from everywhere to caddy at Band of Dunes. I know more than one guy that caddied at Augusta and they came to Band of Dunes full time. I do know some people back in the day who came over internationally. I don't know if it was why or what they did. Uh, my Aussie buddy, the big Kinko himself, uh, Kyle, he's from Australia. Um, 
yeah i i remember back in the day we had a couple uh a couple of limey blokes so to speak but um ultimately no like everyone comes to band dudes now in the winter time in the off season on the southern oregon coast our caddy numbers go from 400 to 100 and i am one of those 100 that still show up every day but that's when you can really boil it down to the locals like it's usually the same stinky guys hanging out at the shack every day and uh, that's why i paid my rent off early folks so i can uh, screw around a lot more as opposed to like sitting at the shack sweating because that's what a lot of guys do. And uh, it, like I said, it, if anything, COVID taught me how to save money, maybe for once. So anyways, uh, thank you very much, fake fan. And uh, I saved this last question, this question for last because it's a very, very good one. I've been pupating about it for weeks. But a uh, great guy on Twitter, Rob, his name's Rob Miller Time. I can really hopefully only assume uh, his name's Robert, Robert Miller, especially. Yeah, maybe not. You could just like Miller Lite. I know I do. You can find him at Rob Miller Time. He asked, what are the three best caddy nicknames? I, I had trouble coming up with three of the best. I came up with two of the best and then a whole bunch of others that are tied right there. And unfortunately, some guys I've forgotten. So I'll start with, well, one has a story and two of them are pretty quick. First one, Robbie Shanks. I know a lot of you don't even like hearing that word. You don't like uttering that word. It is, it's like uh, Voldemort uh, for many of you. I've never even seen Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings. I don't know what that's from, but I get the reference. So hopefully you do too. You guys are much more versed than I am. But Robbie Shanks, first of all, he's got it in the name. Second of all, he is a guy who we need to get him a Twitter account. I think, he, I think uh, me and uh, Jason Brubaker have been trying to get him like, like off a flip phone or something because he's just like a 45-year-old dude, whatever, chain smoking, what have you. But I remember one day he just like flags me down and he shows me a video on his phone. It's him walking to the first tee with two, with a bag on his shoulder, sunglasses and a blind person cane. And he's like, like hitting the gorse, like just like running into stuff. Like that's the funniest thing I've ever seen. I mean, that's Robbie Shanks for you. Um, there's also a fellow back in the day. His name was Tim. Uh, very good caddy. I probably would say he was one of the first caddies. That's not his crazy nickname. Um, or best best nickname uh he was definitely i admired him because he was one of the first caddies to truly actually make something of himself in a marketing sense and his name was unabomber and they called him unabomber because when he worked he always had his uniform on but he always had like a ratty hoodie up in the and he always had a crappy band and dunes ball cap and then he wore like black aviator sunglasses. If anyone remembers the unabomber ted kaczynski one of the sketch artists uh he was a unabomber was a he was a guy who wrote a manifesto, lived up in the uh, woods, drinking his own pee in a shack for years, but then eventually like, he started building a bunch of bombs and mailing them to people, thus the Unabomber. But he had a, uh, a police sketch artist done of him, and it looked like, I don't know, like Mark Anthony grew some facial hair and like tried to rob a 7-Eleven or something like that. But um, he, he actually had business cards made up that had his face on him and said, like, hey, you need a caddy? Just ask for a Unabomber. And I'm just like, shit, stupid name, stupid look, but it works. Like he was getting requests before requests even existed. And that was uh, Tim the Unabomber. And then I would say my, the best caddy nickname comes from my boy Crazy from Gorse Golf. Crazy, first of all, is one of my most dear friends. Well, I mean, we, we were just friends, but I mean, I, I love the man to death. He's a super dude. Uh, he's got to be about 50 years old. Can't be more than 150 pounds soaking wet. He's about 5'9", eh, 5'10". And he's always, he's always asking, he's like, he's always got a cigarette and I don't want to, 
I start overdoing his voice and it makes him sound like some 70 year old lady from Brooklyn or whatever. He's like, Jerry, you want to come over and spar? Like he's always, he's, he's very highly trained in uh, hand to hand uh, martial arts and, uh, and, 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 the, and the like. And uh, <laughs> I'm just like, no, I don't want to go get my ass kicked crazy. <laughs> but I, I also love the guy and I don't like saying no to him, but um, uh, Rackley, Eric Rackley, one of our first caddies out there ever. Uh, we talked to Joe Rogan and aliens a lot. Uh, that'll be something we'll talk about soon is where we come from aliens. Um, he's, he told me the story of how he met crazy and crazy. I've heard enough stories from him where he would just like, like the wife wouldn't want them to go out just for a cocktail. Cause they know he would get crazy. would get into a fight, but crazy would like, he would get into a fight in a way where you would get hurt, not him. And in the end it would look like you started the whole thing and he didn't like he, he was a, he's a little wizard like that it's like a weird way to get your rocks off but he essentially like they went to a bar rackley was the bartender the, the bouncer and like as soon as they get like there's four dudes sitting at the end of the bar and that's where my brain would have stopped me and my wife walk into a bar there's a bouncer bartender four guys sitting way at the end of the bar with their sleeves rolled up laughing and then an empty bar restaurant and then me and my wife go sit somewhere well in this particular story Crazy saw the guys, and then they went over to their table, and as they're going to the table, he starts taking his sunglasses off, because he always wears sunglasses, takes his wallet out, takes his watch off, and Christine's already like, oh, honey, no. And, he, and then Crazy's just like, I heard him say something anti-Semitic. I did. And whether he did or not, I just... <laughs> I love the guy. Uh, next thing you know, that's me telling that part of the story, even though I wasn't there. Smash cut to Rackley saying, here's Crazy, who's like, half the size of the smallest one and that guy is like they're all surrounding him right in his in crazy's face and like the one guy keeps poking crazy in the chest and crazy just kind of like has his eyes closed not looking down he's like looks like kung fu and you just start to hear a pan flute somewhere and then all of a sudden he like nick when rackley said next thing i know i heard a because crazy grabbed the guy's finger and took and poked his own eye out with it and then he proceeded to like just like like kick the other three guys asses like movie uh, like kung fu style movie style (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> to the point where like when they were all fucked up rackley was just like had his hand on crazy shoulder just gently and like kind of leading him towards the door like all right pal you've had enough tonight <laughs> he was just like all right well uh see ya like uh, you need to leave now and crazy's like yeah we're out of here <laughs> he's and crazy you guys i mean i guess you guys have to know him i'd love to get him on the show and i can i have that power uh <laughs> He still possesses the best line I heard all year back in March when Scott Bones, a uh, new caddy friend, he, he got called on the show and there was about 15 of us out in the smoke pit having a cigarette. Uh, not, our, we don't have our own separate cigarettes. And um, all of a sudden, they like the, over the loudspeaker, they called these names. The last one, they said, uh, and Mr. Bones on the shuttle. And then there was like a pause. <laughs> Crazy. Just takes a big drag off the cigarette. He's like, who's Mr. Boner? <laughs> It's like, he's got like this raspy, like Brooklyn Jewy kind of like, but also surfer dude. <laughs> oh, crazy. If you ever listen to this, I am so sorry. And and that's why I don't have too many details of the story because you probably have all the better ones and, and even better stories. So anyways, I think that about covers it for this installment of The Loudest Looper. I've been Jerry Lou. I'm a part of the Sport-Travel Radio Network podcast network fancy baseball is going on well, i don't know if it's going on right now our postseason longer than our regular season there. anyways i'm also 
50% of the Bomb Squad pod. Look them up wherever you get your podcasts. I just have always had an iPhone and use the podcast app. I got to, now that I'm going to be distributing this, this piece here, I got to uh, figure out how to Spotify and, uh, and Stitcher and all that stuff for y'all. But, um, but I really appreciate it. If you have anything, anything you want to talk about at all, anything at Jerry Lou Looper on Twitter. I, I promise you, I promise you, if we don't, if we don't talk about it there, we'll talk about it here. We'll, we'll do it over the airwaves. Like the only thing the, what I wanted this show to be, and I know like maybe in so many other words, people have said this or whatever, but I wanted this to, like I said, be the most interactive show. I want this show to be, it's just going to be my voice, but I want everyone to have their equal parts in it. Like we're going to have full blown discussions here. Like I said, Arnie had his army. Well, Luke's got his troops. I, so for all of us here, me, I'm Jerry Lou. Jerry Lou Looper on Instagram, Twitter. I don't say bombs away at the end of this one. No. Oh, that's right. I'm dumb and tough and I carry stuff. Hit him well. Here I come again now.